Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my wonderful, good friend, Eli Libby, as my co-host. What's going on, man? I'm doing great. What a great day so far. It's we been a good day. great shows. We've, we've been stacked on shows. Tons of coffee, which... Which that's a great segment into our amazing sponsor, Altitude Everything Latte, a great cold brew coffee, nitro, 30 milligrams of CBD, got some oat milk and some other good yummy stuff for your brain and your body, like chaga and reishi and lion's mane and all that stuff that kind of elevates your day. So every, every podcast we drink one of these and we get, um, we get focused. So we're crack this open. Boom. And uh, enjoy some altitude. So if you have not had it, go to altibev.com or go to your local kind of Whole Foods store and they should have something for you. So we're going to uh, roll the intro that we have, but we're looking really forward. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you after the intro. That's perfect. That was awesome. And then you want to do this rose one since so we'll have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Okay, ready. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Pros Podcast. My name's Kyle Nelson. I've got my great co-host and good friend here, Mr. Eli Lynch. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. It's Beautiful the episode, man. Today, man. Absolutely. We're really Can't excited wait. for this episode. We've got a great yep. Absolutely. Number two, clear, simple Why? images. Amazon summer. The first thing that I follow about this article is really looking for that initial question. You need to be thinking about product photography and video production. All right, and we're back. With us today is Catherine Tyndall, CPA and partner at Dominion Enterprise Services, a concierge tax advisory practice. With all the recent and upcoming tax changes, tell me about it, I am excited to talk to an expert that can help us not only stay informed, but also provide some insight to see and how we can reduce our overall tax burden. Sign me up. Catherine, welcome to yes. the podcast. Woo. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited. We've got a great conversation. The topic um, that we're really going to dive into is why having a mission-driven company can serve more than just the owners. Mm -hmm. But before that, we want to learn a little about you, Catherine. You know, who are you? How did you get to where you are today? And maybe a little bit of your upbringing. Yeah. So um, like you mentioned, I'm a CPA. Uh, I'm one of the partners here at Dominion. We're a specialty tax practice. So we focus on working with business owners, real estate investors, people who have kind of complexity because the primary work that we do is proactive tax advisory. Um, and a little bit of my background, kind of how I ended up in tax uh, a million years ago, back when I was in college, I originally wanted to go into medicine because nice. my I really wanted to have my the work that I did day in and day out be serving people in a way to okay. really have my life be fulfilling. And so I found as I went farther into it, it didn't seem like it was really going to be the kind of fit I was looking for. And so my parents, who had a tax practice, uh, nudged me to use an elective on an accounting course. So we know where that ended up. <laughs> but so that's kind of how I ended up in tax, because uh, I've found it meets a nice combination of really feeling like the work that I do is impactful in people's lives. And it really does help them in a, in a meaningful way, because I'm sure you guys have experienced with a lot of business owners, there's a lot of fear that comes in with taxation yeah. um, and a lot of misunderstanding and it gets really overwhelming really quickly, especially for people who are self-employed. So 
Um, I've really enjoyed being able to kind of devote my professional life to serving others and, and getting them, um, you know, where they need to be and leveled up and improving their cash flows and that sort of thing. That's so cool. Yeah. Proactive tax advising is what every company mm -hmm. needs that I don't think too many are utilizing. So that is yeah. a very cool. Thank you for doing service, what you do. Service that you do. We uh late we nights moved, and gray hairs, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved states uh two years ago. Um, and our corporation totally changed from S Corp to C Corp mm -hmm. in the midst of it without our choice. It got all messed up and that was a complete mm. Like the state taxes, and mm -hmm. we submitted our taxes, and they're like, "You're not an S corp, you're a C corp." And we're like, "We never changed that." But within yep. everything, it got all messed up. So, mm -hmm. if we had you, I'm sure it would have been nice and smooth. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's a nightmare when that happens. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just one of those things where you have you wear enough hats when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to run a business that also trying to digest like all 70,000 pages of IRC code is just not really something that you want to have to take on. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Not at all. So it's great to have people like you. Yes. Wow. So topic, Ooh. why having a mission driven company can serve more than just the owners. Um, so maybe let's start with a mission driven company. What do you kind of, yeah. What, do you categorize that is? That? what, what yeah. is a mission driven company? I think for me, you know, when I started in this profession, I always had the aim of wanting to have my own practice and have a firm that kind of I engineered myself because a lot of the experiences that I had at previous CPA firms, it's weird. Uh, like a lot of white collar professionals like myself, it's kind of like a cottage industry in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's not really a strong sense of mission behind those companies. It, it tends to just be people are good at whatever the technical skill is. So like preparing taxes or, you know, I think lawyers are very similar in that way. And they're really good at what their technical skill is and, and executing things, but there's not really a, a greater sense behind the company of what they're trying to achieve or uh, what the culture's supposed to be or kind of really what the mission is and, and what centers the the goals of, you know, what, what, what do we consider client success? What do we consider success for staff? Um, and so I really wanted the focus of my practice to be a little different, um, you know, both on, you know, what's considered client success and then also what's considered success for staff. And so I think that was a big part of the engineering process that I went through before founding this firm and really trying to fix the things that I saw as broken yep. as part of the CPA firm model. Oh, that's really cool. So tell us, what is the what is the mission behind the firm? Well, basically, the, the two missions that I have, I think the main thing that really annoyed me when I was working with other CPA firms was the amount of tax waste that I would see. And mm. just that the relationships that were had with the clients were really reactive. And so we'd get to the end of the year, we'd get all their documents, we'd go to file the tax return. And, and while I was going through everything, I would see like, ah, uh, we should have been an S-Corp all year. Why wasn't this brought up to the mm. client? Or, ah, uh, we should have, uh, they right. should have qualified for this tax credit. Why didn't we, like, why did nothing happen here and they missed out on it? Yeah. And so I kept right. having those moments of like, ah, uh, why did we miss this? Or, ah, uh, why is, you know, why is this like this? And a lot of the time the, the blame would kind of get pushed onto the client. Like, oh, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't schedule meetings or they didn't yeah. reach out when they went to sell this building or whatever it is. And I thought, you know, it really should be on us. Like that should be our part of the relationship is saying, no, we need to 
you know, we want to be your advisor and we want to be proactive with you so right. that we can really reduce this tax waste because it's just like wasted money in a lot of ways. Um, oh. So that's, that's one part of the mission. But I think the other part of the mission too was I've seen a lot of burnout in our profession. And I'm sure you guys have seen this a lot with different industries that when you have something that's so employee centric, where it's the employees having to produce the work, it's really easy to burn them out. And I think that's why a lot of people have been leaving uh, my profession, which is uh, really tough. So combining those two loves of trying to reduce the waste, trying to provide a better client experience, but then also trying to reduce burnout and really setting strong boundaries for like client relationships from my staff so that we don't have things, you know, like high turnover and people working late nights and, and that sort of thing. It's really been so a lot of mindfulness goes into that kind of work yeah i would love to touch a little bit on um, employee burnout especially like in service-based industries what yeah. are some things that you've seen companies that you're working yeah, with or much. you personally uh do to kind of help with that is it like work-life balance is it letting them change their day up a little bit what, what are things that you've seen yeah so some of the stuff that we've implemented that i've found to be really worthwhile is really focusing on um our firm has certain best and highest uses. And for us, that's the proactive tax advisory. And so we'll say no to a lot of engagements that don't directly fit into that because we've okay. found that trying to get, trying to be all things to all people just puts mm -hmm. way too much pressure on the people that have to execute the work yeah. to right. do all sorts of, all sorts of things instead of just focusing on, being able to use the systems that we have, being able to use the technology that we have. And so by just kind of limiting the scope of what we do, it just makes it a lot more efficient. I almost feel like it's um, like when you go to like a fast food restaurant or something or like an In-N-Out, um, I'm yeah. in California right now, but yeah. you see like that they, it's just a lot easier for people to, de to deliver a good product when it's just yeah. a standardized system. And um, you know, you can kind of, have mm. the, the ways yep. of standardizing things so that it's not just having, um, you know, you're able yeah. to gain efficiencies that way. Yeah, totally. exactly. Being great at one thing versus being good at a couple. Mm -hmm. We were from California, so I know what you're talking about from in and out. In -N -Out. <laughs> Big fan of in and out It uh, is actually, I mean, honestly, when you, when you order at their, like really, when you order totally and you not. look in the back of what's going on, everyone has a very specific job. I agree. I they do it very well, great but I know... Stuff. Um, my cousin's in-laws, they, one of them, um, runs and manages in and out. Mm. She had a conversation with her about it. And like when they're told, when they like start managing it, their systems and processes are so dialed and she's like 24, 24. years old and she's managing an in and out out oh, in uh, Utah. Wow. And like, she's able to like, and she didn't go to college or anything. Mm -hmm. Not that, you know, if you don't go to college, it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying like, People that are managing typically have a degree or something. And sh their processes were so laid out, like even someone that is, you know, doesn't, doesn't have that skill set yeah. was able to figure it out. And she, she's like one of the top producing in, wow. in Utah or something. That's cool. Anyways, it's cool to see. It's cool to see. How it is really it. cool to see. Um, so I think the topic is just coming at a great time for us as well. We're going through kind of a culture mission, just uh, driving that home to our current employees. So how does um, having an impactful mission and driving towards that, to the topic affect more people than just the owners. So how does that like transcend down to other employees? I think for us, it's 
part of when we have like a hiring process and talking to new people, um, yeah. a lot of what our vision behind the firm is with, you know, we really want to focus on this type of work, but that also, um, you know, reducing, like, for instance, we don't have anybody do overtime, um, even during tax season, <laughs> because you just yeah, can't have really. a sustainable life that way. Um, yeah. And that that's part of our mission is, you know, no one, no one does overtime. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if we're getting to the point where we don't have the capacity, then we just don't take on the extra work. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's cause that's more important to us than the extra revenue. Um, yeah. and that shows that there's signs of maybe things that need to be recalibrated or fixed rather than us pouring the, you know, the burden of that onto the staff. Um, so I think that that kind of them realizing how precious we see them and, realizing how important it is for us that they be happy and that almost like their clients as well, in a way, like that their oh, happiness and yeah. their success is just as important, if not more important than the client's success. Um, I think they, they see the, the value in that. So cool. Totally. I think that's super, that's super cool. It's like, it's really strong that you guys don't do overtime. Especially with taxes, because I feel like yeah, I feel all like the CPAs like all I've worked for, about. they're like, yeah, I worked sixteen hours for three months straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very typical. Um, I want to top touch on the topic a little bit and kind of reverse it. So the topic is why having a mission-driven company can serve more than just the owners. What, in your eyes, is a, an example of a mission-driven company that does serve the owners? And mm. is that a negative or selfish act? Or like, where, where is that coming from? I'm just, I'm trying to like set the stage, right? It's a good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen this in places like one, a previous firm that I worked for, for a little bit uh, to go unnamed. Um, the owner had a, an interesting relationship with everybody in the firm. It was kind of very transactional with the staff and, mm. So when we got to the end of the year, um, you know, and he was congratulating everybody for doing a good job. And then he basically like went and completely remodeled his house, like went and bought like some nice motorcycles and stuff like yeah. that. And there wasn't really any, um, there was no incentive to the staff to do better. Um, and Just so I, it is what's doing better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I could see over time in that business, like he, cause I've kind of like kept up kept up with them, you know, that they've had more turnover and they've had, you know, you can't, you pay the own as an owner, you know, you pay a cost for that because right. you're yeah. going to have staff. They're much less loyal. They're much less driven because they're just not, they don't have any ownership. They don't have any incentive to care. Right. Um, you know, them working harder or them working smarter or figuring things out, they don't benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's really, you know, ultimately you're not really serving yourself in a way when you just try to, you know, do a oh. short term, like taking advantage of, you know, kind of your position as an owner in a company. So I completely sense. agree. I yeah. I think, I think how, how things have progressed in the past few years, I think a lot of companies are stepping away from that. And I think their hiring reflects that, right. It's mm -hmm. like replacing mm -hmm. the executive team with people that, focus on culture, mm -hmm. focus on diversity and, and the demographics of who you're working for and really understanding that the company isn't about the owner. Yeah. It's about a mission for the company that typically is all about work-life balance for the, for the employees. Totally. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the employees have the power today or as they, you know, oh, they feel, sure. they feel burnout. They feel that they're not being mm -hmm. valued. 
can go um, get a job somewhere else. And they're just going to go get a job <laughs> where they enjoy being there. They feel valued. They feel that they have a healthy work-life balance. Couldn't agree more. I got a little little hair kind of hanging down. You see this little guy? <laughs> yes. Is this trendy or <laughs> from Greece or something? Is it, man? It's kind of trendy though, isn't it? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I, I I couldn't agree more. Kyle, I think that was a great question though about. Yeah, I'm about, just trying to like set the stage. Like, yeah. Reality is, yeah, there's owners out there that just don't care, and they're just like caring about their pocket. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think it talks in the industry that you're in as well, right? The tech industry is not going to be as much as that. Like, obviously they've created this whole culture movement in the tech industry. Yeah. Of, um, all that. So I agree. I think it is industry based. I think you <clears throat> the industry of uh, where you guys are is, is mm-hmm. a totally different industry. And I don't think it's been dramatically hit by this, these culture shifts that these big tech companies are going through. I think it's really cool that you're trying to instill the mission driven type company into, into your guys' mm-hmm. firm. That's, that's really exciting. Yeah, because like I was saying, it's weird. Like a lot of the white collar professions are still like a cottage industry in a lot of ways. And they're because they're much more traditionally run. It's a lot of these kinds of movements haven't really broken in yet. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see things that have been in tech now for decades, just starting to ripple into the profession, especially as like younger people are starting to take on leadership roles. I'm seeing this more and more with other like CPAs and lawyers that I'm friendly with that they're more and more modeling themselves off of technology companies yeah. instead of, you know, just uh, other white collar professionals, which it's just interesting so to true. see kind of the widespread shifts that are happening. It is. And I, I would argue those shifts happened within the last couple of years. I mean, they're oh, yeah. really, really, really hitting hard now. So, yeah. Did you what are some things that um, you're saying that's kind of I was just going to, I know <laughs> that you're seeing uh, that companies are doing to kind of really help employees feel valued. Yeah, I think a a big part of it, at least during COVID, was the shift in allowing people to work remotely. So Mm -hmm. I know like back when I started in the profession, the thought of you being able to take your computer home was a big (laughs) no-no. And now it's it's just become commonplace. And I think a lot more workplaces are accepting of more flexible working hours and you know, more flexible hours for moms and things, you know, or stay-at-home parents, and they're just much more accommodating because they've been forced to with the pandemic. But I think a lot of them are realizing because there's such a, um, a talent gap in a lot of these areas that you, you have to offer those kinds of work-life balance perks. Otherwise you're just not going to be able to attract people who are going to stay and you'd be able to build a business that way. So those are some of the things I've been seeing. Yeah. I think like having flexible schedule, flexibility of where you're working remote, um, you know, outside of health and safety, but mm-hmm. being able to kind of make your own decisions and having a little bit, you know, that autonomy that people are looking for, but still yeah. have kind of a grasp on your team is mm-hmm. very yeah. important. I think people love having that decision. And I think a lot of people, you know, they like being in office as well too, though. They like mm-hmm. having kind of synergy and stuff, but giving them the options huge. I totally agree. So what is next? What is next? What are we working on next um, in terms of kind of following the topic with, with, um, you know, driving home the mission of the company. What's next for you? Well, I think for us, the thing that I really want over time to develop as part of our firm is having a a clear pathway to like employee ownership. Um, And I know like a lot of companies, this is something that's gets much more play now, especially in like the tech world where there's all, you know, different stock option plans and things that happen. Um, But 
part of what I see that like the success of our firm and, and the success of things is really people being able to take ownership. And so I think part of that is really having pathways for like actual legal ownership that they really do have a stake in what goes on and, and they get, you know, they get to enjoy the fruits of their labor in a way that you don't get, you know, if you're just kind of a employee and you don't have any kind of ownership interest. So that's something that I'm interested in pursuing as we grow, because I really see the more that we can be like aligned as a team and mm -hmm. pulling together and having, you know, we all have skin in the game. Um, it really just makes people, um, I don't know. I've just found that it, it, it just totally changes the mindset. Yeah. I mean, at that point, like, I mean, I wouldn't say you're a decision maker, but you have influence in that. Mm -hmm. And I think people, you know, they, they can be very yeah. vocal in a very positive way. Um, mm -hmm. cause what the things that they're saying reflect directly on them and their other, uh, coworkers. Mm -hmm. And that's great insight for you as an owner or an executive to see how am I going to get more effective team? How am I getting more efficiencies exactly. throughout my company? And if you can give them a little skin in the game, like you're saying, it's kind of a no brainer. Like if you, if you, if you're at the ability to do that in your company, it's very cool. Mm -hmm. I so, love it. So as we kind of wrap things up, if there's one message and one thing you're hoping that our audience is taking away uh, from, from your episode here, what is that? Um, I, I think the main thing is, you know, if you can look at your, take a step back and look at your business as kind of, especially if you're more, have more technically oriented business like me, where it's tax advisory kind of work where it's so technical, taking a back and taking a step back and looking at your business as, you know, you being an entrepreneur first, and then you being the technician second. I think really changes a lot about how you approach your business and the things that you'll say yes to and the things that, you know, and you'll start saying no to more things, right. which I've found has been just a very powerful practice. Totally, totally. agree. I would agree hundred percent. Wow. Well, awesome. Catherine, we'll see. Thank you so much for jumping on our podcast. Um, where can people find you if they want to get involved with your tax advisory practice or, or learn more about you and kind of connect? Yeah, so we post a lot of resources on our website. Um, it's dominiones.com. Um, and then there's also a way to get in touch with us if you're interested in having a second set of eyes on your tax situation. Cool. Like I said, we do proactive advisories. So we really try to work with people where we're going to be able to um, basically be a profit center for them by the tax reduction work that we do. But we post a lot of good updates on legislation and little tax topics and things like that on the website. And then also another good place to connect is on LinkedIn because I'm fairly active on there with posting, you know, keeping people up to date on what's going on with tax things and, you know, ideas for saving and that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I think it, I think there's a lot to take away from this, mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's a lot of proactive moves that people can do. Totally. So, thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros podcast. Just go ahead and type in Biz Bros anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'll be there. Hit that subscribe button. And we look forward to seeing you and hearing you in the next Biz Bros podcast episode. See you guys.